Did you hear the news? Metro PCS is now Metro by T-Mobile. Now you get new plans with unlimited high-speed data all month long. All on the T-Mobile network. Check out the new Metro by T-Mobile today and discover the smarter way to get unlimited. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. During congestion, the fraction of customers using greater than 35 gigs per month may notice reduced speeds. And Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video streams at 4DP. Coverage not available in some areas. See store for details and terms and conditions. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Joyce Barry and Friends, the number one worldwide radio show. Show's outrageous and it's contagious. It will lift your spirits high. You'll feel that you can fly. Transform your attitude. Fill it with gratitude. Cut loose and improvise. It's coaching time today. Joyce is a great coach with an extraordinary approach. Fast on the upbeat, top of the heap. A wild motivator, great stimulator. Unstoppable in a humoristic way. Life lessons with passion, joyfully today. You want Joyce as your coach if you want this to be your best year ever. Coach Joyce here. I want this to be your best year ever. I want this to be my best year ever. I want this to be the best year ever for Beverly Nadler, her fabulous daughter, Dr. Denise Nadler, a.k.a. Ariana, her other daughters, her family at large, and all our friends and family and loyal listeners worldwide. Welcome to Joyce, Barry, and Friends. We are broadcasting live across America and around the world. This is the Hour to Empower, with stimulating talk, views you can use, memorable quotes, and powerful life lessons. We always have hot guests and cool topics. We even have cool guests and hot topics. You always want to tune us on, tune in, and tune up with us to hear the best of the best. You do not want to miss any of our shows. Each show goes into our archives. Log into Joyce Barry and Friends.com, Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, and you will see each guest and each topic on our homepage. You can play and download any of our shows, always informative, inspiring, and motivational. You want to share these special shows with your friends, family, and contacts. You can follow us on Facebook and become a Joyce Barry subscriber and even a fan by going to our Joyce Barry and Friends fan page. Be sure to check like. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us by going to our Blog Talk Radio homepage and clicking follow right below my picture. You can also message me in any of these venues about our show, about our guests, about anything. My official website is JoyceBarry.com, Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E. The chat room is open. Log into the chat room, have fun, and chat away. I go back and forth into the chat room during the show to see what is going on in there. Motivation, inspiration, and an education. Positive, happy thoughts to improve your life, health, and finances. Take positive actions to create a gratifying lifestyle. Life lessons from me, your host, Joyce Barry, straight from the Coach's Corner, and then you will hear from our wonderful guest today. Folks, every day should be treated like a special day. We wish you the finest of friends, the opulence of opportunities, the magic of miracles, and the happiest of days. May this year be your best year ever. Well, 
folks, welcome to our show today, another extraordinary show with our health guru, Beverly Nadler. Today she continues with more fascinating insight into the ancient wisdom and spiritual science that has become a global phenomenon. Learn how and why Kabbalah answers our most important questions. Why am I here? What is the meaning of and reason for life? Beverly will also tell you about her own personal experience with Kabbalah and how to use the knowledge to make a positive impact upon your life and our planet. Join us for this amazing and enlightening show. And then, folks, if somehow you missed last week's show, which was the Wisdom of Kabbalah Part 1, just know you can go to our archives here at any time, 24-7, so you will have the whole picture as Beverly is presenting it on yet another Here's to Your Health Thursday. Welcome to the show, Miss Kabbalah Beverly Nadler. <laughs> Thank you for that great introduction. I can't wait to hear what I have to say because it was sounded fascinating. Uh, I would hardly call myself Miss Kabbalah, though I have read 27 books on the subject, and there are so many diversities and so many different opinions. It's, it was quite a challenge to put together just what I want to share with our listening audience last week and also today. And I thought that after reading 27 books, you deserve the title Miss Kabbalah. (laughs) Well, there's only thousands of uh, books on Kabbalah, which was a surprise when I learned that. Um, But um, it's becoming a more popular teaching, shall I say, if we can use the word popular. More people are looking into it as the universe has so much of its polarity, so much negativity, and yet, in some ways, consciousness is growing among many people who realize that we need to find a better way of, of living our lives. And I believe that Kabbalah does show us, at least it's one, one way that does show us the way. It began over 4,000 years ago um, when Abraham received a direct transmission of sacred knowledge from the Creator. He was the first Kabbalist, and a Kabbalist is one who actually bonds with the Creator and is able to know the mind of the Creator and receives messages directly. It's not like, um, Kabbalah is not like a religion, which is basically created by man many, many years after Kabbalah, which was around, you know, began so so much longer ago, but um he he wrote a little a short book, but most of the teachings at the time uh, were in his tent and they were oral. And he was in Egypt, so a lot of the Egyptian teachings uh, have been based on an understanding of Kabbalah. The next great Kabbalist was Moses the prophet. And after the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, which was in 70 B.C., Kabbalah was no longer taught openly. In fact, it was hidden for centuries, and it was even called the hidden wisdom. So the word Kabbalah means reception. It is both reception in the sense of receiving transmissions from the divine, from the creator, from God. It is also about us humans living in this physical world, learning how to receive receive what? Receive God's love and light as it continues to shine upon us and all of creation, because without that love and light, uh, there would be no creation. And that will become clearer as we continue. In part one, uh, which was last week, I did begin with some basic concepts that I do, I will briefly repeat now. Uh, First of all, recognition that there is no other God. There is one God that has various different names and aspects, but there's one God. But more than that is that God is everything. That's all there is is God, which means that the entire creation is actually a part of this, the, the creator. Everything, therefore, is connected. There is a hidden order to life, even though we can't see it. 
what we see many times is chaos, and we wonder why is life like this, and yet Kabbalah teaches that there is a hidden order, and it helps to reveal that as one continues studying. Also, very important to recognize that as there is a hidden order in the entire universe, that every one of us, every being on the planet is connected because we all came from the same one soul. And we were at one point completely bonded with the creator. That, of course, was before physical creation. Another thing to keep in mind, which can be very, very consoling to people, is there is really no such thing as what we consider death, because we're souls. We're not bodies. We enter physical bodies in order to experience life in physicality and to help make this physical world a better place. But the truth of the matter is we will continue to return over and over again until we reach a state where we can again be fully bonded with the Creator. And according to Kabbalah and other spiritual teachings, especially Eastern, um, this is destined to happen. It just We just don't know how many lifetimes it will take before that happens. It could be quite a few, actually. Well, thousands it could be for some people. Yeah, thousands. But it's com- comforting to know that, you know, that this is not the end. Because you see those T-shirts that says, you know, uh, life sucks and then you die or something like that. <laughs> and it's not, it's, it, fortunately, it's not really like that. Spirituality, as far as Kabbalah is concerned, is not about prayer and meditation. Even though the orthodoxy practices that and considers it extremely important, Kabbalists recognize that one can pray and meditate, and yet if their heart is not open, if their heart is not loving, if they do not have compassion and mercy within their inner self, it doesn't matter what they do in the exterior. It is the inner life that matters, and it is about one thing. How similar are we in our attributes to the Creator? Now, what does that mean? Well, the Creator has actually one attribute, and that is to radiate its love and light to all of creation. And in fact, Kabbalists teach that the reason for creation it was so that the creator could create a creature or a creation, it was originally called a creature, and fill it with unending delight. It had but one attribute, one desire, and that was the will to bestow. And that is called unconditional love or altruism. And in order to bestow, the creator had to create a creation with a will to receive. And so the entire universe must receive the love and light of the creator in order to be sustained. The word receive, I'm sorry, not the word, but the will to receive is called egoism, not egotism, which is somebody who is just, too big for his britches. Egoism, which means that we are filled with a desire to receive. Before I continue, there's something that I want to tell you, and that is if you read or hear uh, different material on Kabbalah, you may find that what I tell you today and what I told you in part one is different from what you're learning. And that's because there have been many different interpretations and different teachings and different beliefs all related to Kabbalah in different centuries and in different cultures. Also, if you're familiar with this elephant fable where the blind men uh, each feel a part, blindfolded, not necessarily blind, blindfolded men, um, touch a part of an elephant 
and then they say what their interpretation is. And one touches the tail and says, oh, that's a snake, and somebody else touches the leg uh, and says, oh, that's a tree stump, and then someone else touches the ear, and I don't remember what they related that to, uh, the same thing, um, the other parts of the elephant. But the point that I'm making is that they were all describing different aspects of the elephant. And so what I'm um, saying here is that there are many different aspects, many different facets, but the ones that I want to give you are those that are most commonly accepted today, if one can use the word commonly accepted about Kabbalah. I do find this journey fascinating and that there are so many ways of uh, understanding it, interpreting it, makes it even more fascinating. There's that whole celebrity uh, group that follow it, and you, you hear about it from Madonna, people like that. Then there are uh, people that are very spiritual and their interpretation. I'm wondering how many of them mesh and are the same and how many of them are quite contradictory. There's no way that I could tell you that. Out of 27 books that I've read, I've found many things that um, are the same. They're written in different language, others that are similar, and some that are completely contradictory. The, the Zohar is the authentic text of Kabbalah, and it's comprised of teaching since the time of Abraham. Then it was compiled these different from different manuscripts and documents and, and also the verbal teachings um, originally by a Kabbalist in the second century who actually hid in a cave and wrote this for 13 years. It was then hidden, and he said that the, the consciousness of mankind is not ready for this, and it was hidden until it was rediscovered in the 13th century. At that point, it was edited, different other parts were put together, and it was published in a form um, that was acceptable at the time, was considered to be authentic, and this was by another well-known, at the time, Kabbalist. But it's written in parables and metaphors and analogies and mythical stories. It contains thousands of pages in many volumes, and it is open to different interpretations, explanations, perceptions, perspectives. And so it does appear to be controversial, ambiguous, paradoxical, especially to someone who is not a Kabbalist who would um, be able to see the similarities even where there are the differences. And it was written originally in Aramaic, has been and then translated also into Hebrew. Aramaic uses the same Hebrew letters, but it's a different language. In the 16th century, Kabbalist Isaac Luria, who was called the Ari, the lion, he interpreted the Zohar in a way that established a form and structure and system of Kabbalah based on his interpretation. And it's from his teachings that most of modern Kabbalah has evolved. And today there are two global organizations, global meaning they are all over the world and in every different language, and they're based on the Lurianic uh, Kabbalah. And I'm going to give you the websites at the end of this program of both of those in case you are curious and interested enough to want to find out more. Um, Zohar covers actually every subject that's of interest to man. Now, keep in mind that it was originally written um, in the second century and that it was then more, more pieces of it were found in documents in the 13th century. And here are just some of the things, uh, subjects that are covered in the Zohar. Philosophy, psychology, literature, art, economics, healing, politics, astronomy, astrology, numerology, chemistry, biology, technology, physics, even parallel universes and space travel is written into the Zohar. I own a Zohar. I, while you're taking a pause for a moment, I just wanted to say a warm welcome 
uh, in our chat room to someone I've never seen before. It looks like Kasugo Gri. So I always like to make a, a special welcome to any new people that I see in the chat room or calling into the studio lines. So you might want to drop me a note in the chat room. Love to know if you're a, a Kabbalist interested in it or just getting interested. And a warm welcome to today's show. So anything you want to uh, reveal, please do so. I do go back and forth to the chat room during the entire show. And God, I want to mention, go ahead. Oh, no, I want to mention that one who studies Kabbalah is not a Kabbalist. They are studying Kabbalah. They're a scholar. A Kabbalist is one who is actually, it lives in both worlds, the upper worlds uh, with the creator and also in the physical world and understands and knows the mind of the creator. So there aren't, there aren't a lot of actual Kabbalists, but there are many, many people all across the world that are now studying Kabbalah. Oh, thank you for making that distinction. See, I learn something every day just by listening to our show. And, folks, you can too because every show is a different guest, different topic, and you might want to know other reasons why you should be listening from our friend here who's talking about Kabbalah today and has a show every Thursday. He is to your health Thursday. Here's why you should be tuning in every day. Listen to me. I have something to say about a wonderful way to start your day, a way to stimulate your mind and increase your energy, make you feel so good. And guess what? It's free. Weekdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, hear the Joyce, Barry, and Friends show. You'll find it on the Internet on Blog Talk Radio. This show is upbeat and fun and very inspirational. It's informative, educational, and very motivational. There's the Coach's Corner, great quotes and news. There are suggestions, perspectives, and advice you can use to enhance your life and improve your health, plus clever, simple ways to increase your wealth. Joyce's perceptions and personality will keep you captivated and her guests from many walks of life will always keep you fascinated. When Joyce and her friends speak, it's like you're in the conversation. This is part of what makes her show so unique, really a sensation. For Joyce's friends are not only the guests you're listening to, they're everyone who is tuning in. Yes, I do mean you. So refer your friends and family. They'll be so pleased to know. And let's make Joyce, Barry, and Friends the number one Internet radio show. And, folks, we ask that you join with us in that endeavor. And simply go to um, uh, the website, the official website for this show, Joyce Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, and friends.com. And you will see my picture on the upper left of the home page. Just simply click on follow. And you can hear about all our guests, all our shows, always. For example, tomorrow we're having a world-renowned psychic. Tomorrow's show, Peter Marks. You could call in for your free on-air mini-reading on tomorrow's show. And we have an exclusive with him for radio once a month, so you don't want to miss that. And just uh, a note to uh so Kasugori, a gal or guy in the chat room, uh, who's saying learning is fun. I agree. I learn something every day. So welcome uh, to our show. I do hope you become a follower. And I'm wondering where you're from. You can put me a note in the chat room since you write you're visiting today. Are you visiting from a friend's house or out of state or even out of the country? Love to hear more from you. Back to you, Beverly. Well, uh, thank you for that. Um, the, the, because that poem, which, of course, as you said, I, I wrote it, but it really explains what the uniqueness of the show is and why people should, even if they can't listen on the day that it's on, go into the archives because there's so many wonderful guests 
even besides me. <laughs> so um, I want to tell you that I own a Zohar. It's written in Hebrew. It has since been translated into English, and I know that there are versions in Latin and Greek. And the reason I have it is because the Zohar is supposed to offer protection, and I figure um, can't hurt. <laughs> and I lived in Queens, New York. I went to the Kabbalah Center there. The Kabbalah Center that you were referring to, Joyce, with Madonna, that was their original home in New York, believe it or not. And now, of course, they were worldwide, but in in the New York, that was their home. Now they have moved their their headquarters to uh, L.A., and they do have many celebrities besides Madonna, who, by the way, wrote a book for children on what she learned in Kabbalah about sharing and how for children how to receive and how to share. I have a, a very interesting story of my own experience because I we did go uh, to Kabbalah Center myself, my daughter, and my two brothers for uh, many months. And um, my mother passed away while we were um, attending, you know, uh, Kabbalah sessions. And when she died, I asked the rabbi there, Rabbi Berg, to officiate at her funeral. And I proceeded to tell him what to say. And after politely listening to me for a few moments, he said, Do you want me to say what you want me to say or what your mother wants me to say? Well, that choked me up. And he spoke at her funeral as if he had known her for years. And then when her body was being buried, I looked up. And I saw her spirit. I saw her spirit waving at me, blowing me a kiss, and actually she mouthed the words, I am fine. That has been wow. an inspiration had to me. Had she met him uh, in her lifetime, or was it someone you had found? No, I said my mother, my brothers, my daughter, and I had attended many of the uh, oh, services. Okay. At the Kabbalah Center, so yes, she did. He did, but he did not know her past. He didn't know her inner self. He didn't know her talents, and yet he was able to speak about all of them when when he officiated at the funeral. That is very interesting, indeed. Very, very interesting. Okay, In part one. Go ahead. I was going to say back to you, but I was we're on the same wavelength. Oh. I wanted to say, folks, if you're Thank enjoying you, the dear. show, yes, don't miss part one either. It's in our archives, JoyceBarryAndFriends.com. And if you just click down, it's a last show on top. And it's a week ago, Thursday, you'll find it, The Wisdom of Kabbalah, part one. So we don't want you to miss that one either. Back to you. Thank you. Um, and I told you about Plato and Pythagoras and Aristotle and Isaac Newton and the great mathematician uh, Leibniz who created calculus along with Isaac Newton and some other scientists and philosophers. And according to their biographers, they all gained their knowledge for their own systems, whether scientific, mathematical, or philosophical, from the teachings of the Kabbalah or the wisdom of the Hebrews. So you can find out more about that on last week's show. Now I want to tell you about Dr. John Dee and his relationship to Kabbalah and super spy 007 James Bond. It is a fascinating story. Okay. Now you say, who was Dr. Dee? Well, he lived from 1527-1608. He was England's leading mathematician and scientist. He was internationally famous for his genius. He contributed to science, mathematics, philosophy, geography, architecture, and art. He was the official royal astrologer advising Queen Elizabeth I. And according to professor and scholar Deborah Harkness of the University of California, Dee was also a mystic of Kabbalah. John Dee was probably, is what she wrote, probably the most important and influential natural philosopher and scientist living and working in England in the 16th century. John Dee was enormously influenced by Kabbalah. He had an extensive Kabbalistic library, the best one in England, hands down in the 16th century. It was Kabbalah that drove all his work. 
According to Harkness, Dee was convinced that Kabbalah could reveal the hidden truth about the natural world through hidden messages that God embedded into this physical reality. Donald McCormick, a foreign editor at the London Sunday Times and author of A History of the British Secret Service, was an acquaintance of Ian Fleming, creator of James Bond. In his book, McCormick says that Fleming learned that Dee had did some espionage work on behalf of the Queen. He advised the British Secret Service on coding and cryptology techniques. Dee signed his private dispatches to the Queen with two circles, the double O, indicating that he was the eyes of the Queen and the number seven, which is an important Kabbalistic number. Fleming based James Bond upon John Dee using the mystic signature 007 as the insignia for his British secret agent. That is fascinating for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that story. And um, while Dee may not be as famous as Pythagoras and Plato and Isaac Newton, uh, the fact that he was so involved with uh, Kabbalah was of extreme interest to me. Now, I want to give you some of the major concepts or themes of Kabbalah. Um, and the first is the creation story. That is, we're talking about the physical creation, which took place about... 15 billion years ago, and uh, the scientists, uh, physicists, call it the Big Bang. Um, As I said earlier, the creator had one reason, one desire, and that was to create a creature, and that is everything, us and everything, and fill it with unending delight. Now, understand, I'm talking long before the physical creation. We we and everything that exists existed in what the um, Kabbalists call the upper worlds, also called the 99% reality, meaning that the physical world is only 1% of it, and what we tend to call heaven. And so the the, um, creator poured its love and light. Remember, it had one desire, the desire to bestow altruism, to share its love and light. And according to the story, um, the light and love, he poured it into his his non-physical creations, but the amount of light was too much for the creation, and it shattered. And as it shattered, it descended through a series of levels, which are called the upper worlds or the 99% reality, until it actually became the beginning of the physical world, that, which is our 1% reality. Now, some Kabbalists say that this shattering was purposeful, and some say it was an accident. And... I have no opinion one way or the other. All I know is that all of the creation and the will to receive egoism did become huge. It became unbounded. The egoism became unmanageable, insatiable. And so our physical world is considered by Kabbalists to be broken. There was unity in the upper worlds, complete unity and bonding with the creator and love and all all the beautiful things that we think of that we want to see in this world. But here, we're, we're running through the, the, the disunity, and, and we have the law of polarity, the law of the opposites, and there's a tremendous amount of what we call negativity uh, that's become part of the physical world. And it's our job, our responsibility. Why are we here? Our responsibility is to return creation to its original state of unity. How do we do that? It's simply by by being more of who we really are. In, in our essence, we, we are pure light. That's where we come from, that one soul. And the more that we utilize the truth of who we are and the more that we express it, um, the better for our creation. Of course, if we look at our physical world right now, um, A lot of negativity, a lot of suffering, a lot of struggle. And according to Kabbalah, we will continue to receive these blows until we realize that we are part of the one soul, 
and that altruism, love, and spirituality needs to become our goal instead of the uh, unbounded materialism and egoism that we are living with right now. Uh, Beverly, I know this is the second show, two of two. Probably we can do ten more. That's how interesting I'm finding it. And um, I just really appreciate you and and your contributions to the show. Other, what other things? What other ways that make the show work? Are you the listeners that go in the chat room that call in? I know you're not on the board, 916320-TO-TALK, but I just figured I would check anyway. Would you like to say your name and where you're calling from? 916320. Hello. Hi, who's this and where are you calling from? Calling from Sacramento. Um, I was just listening in. Um, I've seen you on Blog Talk and... I've been um, interested in Kabbalah for quite some time, so I was just enjoying the conversation. Okay, cool. What's your first name? I know you're from California by your number. Uh, What's your first name? Darren. Danny? Darren. Dylan? Oh, James. It sounded like James. It's not that clear. James? (laughs) Well, James is my father's name, but my name is Darren. D-A-R-I-N. Darren. Yes. Okay, Darren, thank you for calling. Keep listening. Check out last week's show and become a a loyal listener by going to Joyce Barry and Friends.com, and you can click on Follow and hear about all our other shows. They're uh, by the order of when they were on the air. And tomorrow we have world-renowned psychic, Peter Marks, where you can actually call in and have a free question on an on-air mini-reading. Thank you for joining us. Okay, Beverly, back to you. Another concept is the power of the Hebrew letters. They are considered sacred and holy and very, very powerful, and not just by the Jews. Um, there are many others who have studied the Hebrew language and say that these words, so these are like, they don't look like words, it's a different look, um, are very powerful. And there's also something called the 72 names of God. Not every Kabbalist believes in this, but um, I would give you a reason why I do. Um, And I'm not a Kabbalist, but why as a student of Kabbalah I do. Each name is related to a specific desire. Uh, It has three Hebrew letters, each name. And um, such as healing and health and prosperity and joy, uh, to diffuse negative energy, um, to be free of depression, courage, frustration, uh, to end frustration, to have freedom from addiction. And I want to give you an example of the power of the name for healing, which is pronounced Mem Hey Shin, but it's specific um, Hebrew letters. This is uh, Dr. Atur Spokananji. I don't know exactly how to pronounce his name, but he's a board-certified internist and cardiologist. He studied medicine at Harvard, graduated summa cum laude from Dusseldorf University. He was instrumental in developing laser treatments for heart disease. He holds a faculty position at Cornell Medical College, maintains privileges at the New York uh, Presbyterian Hospital. And uh, he tells this story about a remarkable incident that took place in the emergency room. A patient was rushed into emergency with a heart attack. He was conscious, but I was worried because his heart rate was slow. I asked that he be taken to the lab, and his heart actually stopped twice on the way. As it turned out, his right coronary artery was completely blocked. We worked on him for about 30 minutes, but nothing was helping. Whatever we tried failed. I felt so helpless. My last option was to start meditating upon a sequence of Hebrew letters used for healing. I could feel something happening while I was visualizing them. Suddenly the blocked artery opened. 
what was unexplainable was the massive blood clot in the artery. It should have prevented the artery from opening. When the whole ordeal was over, there was absolutely no damage to his heart, nothing, no evidence of a heart attack. The patient told me that during this episode, he dreamed he was trapped inside a computer monitor. All the exit doors were locked shut. Suddenly, he found the right sequence of letters for the password. It opened the doors, and he escaped. The other doctors had no idea what happened. We discussed it but couldn't come up with an explanation. I was unwilling to tell them what I had done. And so it remained unsolved. Wow, that is extraordinary. That story is extraordinary. And those of you who are spiritual, you can connect with it. Others, you might find it, well, that's too outrageous to believe it. But I just want to say I, for one, believe it. And I'm I'm fascinated by it. Well, especially when you have the credentials of this man. (laughs) Uh, This is not just an ordinary MD, uh, way beyond that. So when you have those credentials, um, you begin to say, hmm, maybe there's something to this. Another very important concept is the tree of life. And it has uh, several different descriptions and meanings and explanations. I will give you uh, two of the most common ones. Uh, as again, if you can call anything in the Kabbalah common, one is that it is the body of God. It is the foundation of everything that exists, and it explains how man is created in the image and likeness of the Creator. That is one explanation. Another is that within the tree of life, well, this is not an explanation, this is a fact. I mean, when I say a fact, it's not an interpretation. There is these whirling centers of energy. They are spiritual centers, and they're located just outside the spine. The Eastern yogic traditions call them chakras. Kabbalah calls them serophat. The sacred emanations through these centers are related to specific attributes or qualities, such as creativity, beauty, mercy, justice, understanding, wisdom, healing, and several others. They're also connected to the specific glands, and therefore the physical body is affected. So as we grow in consciousness and become more aware of the fact that we have these whirling energy centers, um, we begin to refine them. And in doing that, we literally can change our lives. Now, you know, possibly if you're familiar with the Eastern traditions, um, they they do meditate on the chakras. Um, and they also use a word or a mantra, OM, which is O-M, and it happens that that mantra is actually an acronym for a Hebrew, two Hebrew words, which om, or, O-H-R, and makif, which means surrounding light. And according to the Kabbalists, as you grow in spirituality, and especially if you study Kabbalah, you have more and more of this surrounding light entering into your being so that it brings you um, more spirituality and more health, more happiness, everything that you want from the light of the Creator. And here's um, what one of the uh, rabbis has written about it. As the spiritual seeker evolves and is able to assimilate and emanate more refined energies through these centers, the physical body also changes and evolves. Over time, every cell in the body is transformed, reflecting an increased level of purity and efficiency in fulfilling the energy requirements of the seeker's spiritual evolution and work. Beverly, I'm I'm thinking that I know you have so much, 27 books worth, but I just wanted to say we are starting to wind down. 
So to please look at it, what are the most important things you want to share with us at this time? And then what words of wisdom you want to leave our audience with today? Well, I just want to tell you that uh, the Christian Kabbalists use uh, this particular, the Tree of Life, to create what we call magic. And that magicians, the um, hermetic system of, of magic, also uses the uh, the uh, particular um, centers doing specific meditations and prayers to create literally magic. Plus the word abracadabra is a Hebrew word, actually a contraction of several words, which means to create. So uh, let me close with uh, what, how does the Kabbalah help us? What, why are we here? Let me re- reiterate, why are we here? We are here to grow. We are here to evolve. We are here to be the best that we can be and eventually to return to our maker, to return to our one source. But how do we benefit from the Kabbalistic teachings? What is their practical value? Well, first of all, uh, recognizing that we are here to change our nature, according to Kabbalah, just reading um, and studying Kabbalah is going to help you do that because you will have the surrounding light and your uh, your nature will go from the lower consciousness, which is mostly materialistic and egoistic, into a higher consciousness, which is more spiritual. So the studying is good. Um, you also should realize that everything that comes to you is a blessing. We say a blessing or a lesson, but the lesson is a blessing. Look at the obstacles and ask yourself, what? why is this coming to me? Why is the Creator sending this into my life? What can I learn from it? Meditate on that, because if you look at them that way, they become opportunities for your growth. Life is constructed that until we rise above this dual nature that we have and become more in tune with the creator, the attribute of the creator, the desire to bestow, the desire to share, um, we will continue to live the way we're living. And um, lots of life seems to be very, very uh, distressful. So actually, in a sense, not separating yourself from the outer world, but recognizing that the truth lies on the inner world, your inner world, and you want that to be purer and more loving. I said I want to give you the websites um, for these two different global, uh, what I call schools or um, organizations. One of them is www.kabbalah, spelled K-A-B-B-A-L-A-H, dot info, dot, dot INF, just INF. And the other one, uh, you'd have to uh, look up the actual um, website by just putting in the Kabbalah Center, and you spell center, C-E-N-T-R-E, and that is the one that we mentioned, uh, that I was was uh, going to the different services and also that Madonna went to. And so basically... Beverly, wait, hold that. I want to repeat it. Uh, not everyone has a pen when you're ready to give information. So those of you that were frantically trying to get it down, the website is www.kabbalah, um, I never heard of INS, so I don't know if you're sure about that. I'm used to info, but you're saying you know that it's INS. Oh, maybe is it correct? is info. I'm sorry, it's possible, but right now I'm not going to look it up. If it doesn't work with INF, just put the O after it. All right, I'll check it out. Do you have a poem uh, for us today? Yes, I do. May we hear it? Well, you didn't give the other one. That's why I was... uh, Oh, I'm sorry, you're right. The other one was not a website. You said to Google the Kabbalah Center. Center is C-E-N-T-R-E. Before the show ends, I will give you the Kabbalah uh, Center. Uh, I just wanted to know, do you have a personal poem today? Um, Yeah. Last week, uh, my poem was inspired by Kabbalah. Uh, Today, my poem is inspired by the message 
the, the real, if you put it into one line, the message is love your neighbor as yourself. That is the message. If you were to say, what is the meaning of Kabbalah? What is, what is, what is it about? And so this poem is all roads lead to love. Stop struggling. Life is meant to be a joy. Stop struggling. Be like an innocent girl or boy. Begin trusting. Rest in the knowledge of a magnificent divine plan where all roads lead to love. Don't you know how special you are? Don't you know you're destined to go far? Don't you know life is full of challenge and blessings? Appreciate it all and learn from the lessons. Stop struggling. Bring peace to your weary soul. Stop struggling. Know you're part of a wondrous whole. Begin trusting. Believe in the magic of living with a grateful heart, for all roads lead to love. That was very beautiful. And I did go to Google with Kabbalah.inf, no such thing. It comes up I-N-F-O, Kabbalah.info. So I, I didn't think so. I hadn't heard of anything INF, but I, I did want to give you folks that information, Kabbalah.info. And one of the things you were talking about, Beverly, uh, part of it evolving to your higher nature, and I know that a big part of it is gratitude. So let me share this, being thankful by when, because I think it also – uh, kind of puts the whole thing together as well. Being thankful, and this is submitted by Wynn, be thankful that you don't already have everything you desire. If you did, what would there be to look forward to? Be thankful when you don't know something, for it gives you the opportunity to learn. Be thankful for the difficult times. During those times, you grow. Be thankful for your limitations because they give you opportunities for improvement. Be thankful for each new challenge, because it will build your strength and character. Be thankful for your mistakes. They will teach you valuable lessons. Be thankful when you're tired and weary, because it means you've made an effort. It is easy to be thankful for the good things. A life of rich fulfillment comes to those who are also thankful for the setbacks. Gratitude can turn a negative into a positive. Find a way to be thankful for your troubles, and they will become your blessings. And that, I, I chose to play that because you inspired me to do so when you said to be grateful for all things. And it's much harder to be grateful for all things. I agree, and that is part of the the teachings of Kabbalah, to recognize them as opportunities to grow and to learn from them. And, folks, maybe this show inspired you to get more into the Kabbalah. Again, we have another show, part one, a week ago, Thursday. So if what you found is as fascinating as I did and you want to know more, of course, you can go to the website, uh, the Kabbalah not the kabbalah.info and if it's on your bucket list to know more then ask yourself if not now when Joyce Barry and Friends the number one worldwide internet radio show this poem, an original by yours truly, is entitled, If Not Now, When? We are giving you the education. We are giving you the information. We are giving you the motivation. We are giving you the inspiration. What you really need to do is to put this into application. Do you want a transformation? You must use your imagination. It might take some perspiration. It's all in the preparation. You must really be sure there is no procrastination. It helps to have a fascination and very strong determination. You want a positive demonstration, achieve success in the administration. It really is the time. Give each show your consideration. 
what is your aspiration? What do you need for stimulation to get healthy and off that medication to get wealthy? It's your destination. So make today the day for your participation. If you do, congratulations. If not now, when? Beverly, what was it that had you put your foot in the door about Kabbalah? What was the initial thing that inspired you to learn so much more about it? Well, interesting, I had uh, started years ago when I lived in New York because we actually met a Kabbalah student and he was handing out flyers or something. And I read it and it sounded very interesting, especially because it was um, metaphysical, they called it um, the, uh, uh, no, they didn't call it the hidden wisdom, um, they, they called it, yeah, the, the mystical uh, teachings, and um, I was, I've always been interested in that, and then once we went to the center, really, really, really loved it, but then they moved shortly after, and they moved to California, there were no more uh, centers to go to, um, I didn't think about getting um, books on it, and I totally was of no involvement whatsoever with Kabbalah, just with lots of other metaphysical teachings, most of which actually I notice uh, have come from Kabbalah. Um, So what happened is just a few years ago, maybe, oh yeah, my brother in in, um, Florida said he had started to read, I had been going to the, the services that I went to was with Dr. Berg. That's the uh, Kabbalah Center, spelled with an R-E. And he said there's also another group. And uh, though they come from the same root, when I say the same root, it means they're both from Lurianic um, Kabbalah. And um, they both came from that, that, that same tree. One was studied with the son of a Kabbalist who was, translated um, Rabbi Luria's work into English, and the other came from his primary student in addition to his son. And yet they were different. They had a lot of the same concepts, and those concepts I gave you come from both of them, but there was a different way of teaching. And that's what provoked me to get interested in it. And then for a while... There were actually TV shows from from one of the Jewish networks uh, that were Kabbalah trainings, and I loved them. And then they just stopped, and I would look for it uh, on demand, and I looked for it on search, and for whatever reason, um, it's no longer happening. So I had saved the, the seven or eight of them, and periodically I still look at them, including various times that I will look through various books Wow, quite a journey. So yeah. I, when you when you like something, I mean, you really go the distance. Twenty seven books, research, internet, all of the above, uh, and I did find the show fascinating. Uh, we have folks in the chat room on the studio lines. Hope you found it as fascinating as well. And do go back to last week's show, uh, the Wisdom of Kabbalah Part One on December the 8th. Again, folks, tomorrow we have world-renowned psychic Peter Marks. You can call in for your free on-air mini-reading, 917-388-4530, when we are live at 11 a.m. Eastern. Today, I want to thank you again every week, every day, for the difference you make in my life, Beverly Nadler, and certainly for the difference you make on our show. So we are most grateful. And, folks, to all of you, I want to share this original poem uh, that is special for you. Make this the last day, the very last day of your struggles, your suffering, your ill health, your misfortunes, 
your troubles, your worries, your pain, your trials and tribulations. May this be the first day. It is the first day of the rest of your life. May it be the beginning of the very best of your life with extraordinary wishes granted and dreams coming true. Make this the most meaningful year of making more money, good health, good luck, good fortune, attracting special people and opportunities, creating magical memories, and manifesting marvelous miracles. And folks, we invite you to sing along with us, dance along with us, and laugh along with us. And we invite you to do that starting right here, right now, to the Joyce Barry Mash. God bless you. I was listening to Blog Talk Radio when my ears heard something that I did know. From the speakers of my laptop, I heard a voice. It was the White Oprah, also known as Joyce. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She is a coaching smash. He did the mash. You'll catch on in a flash. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. I felt so inspired by her show and her poetry was just so good you know i want to listen to joyce again and again as joyce would say if not now when he did the mash the joyce barry mash joyce barry mash she is a coaching smash he did the mash you'll catch on in a flash he did the mash the Joyce Barry Mash. Wow. Joyce knows all about having fun. Wow. She's a home business wizard and she's just begun. Wow. She's wow. a coaching sensation for not just me or wow. you or her. It's for everyone. You can mash. Do the Joyce Barry Mash. Joyce Barry Mash. She's a home business smash. Then you can mash. You'll catch on in a flash. Then you can mash. Do the Joyce Barry mash. Wow. <laughs> Have a fantastic day wow. and listen to Joyce Barry and friends. <laughs> the world will change. Drexel University is designed to change with it. Drexel's unique design combines academic rigor with a transformative cooperative education program, positioning students and faculty, alongside the experts tackling today's most complex issues. By constantly learning and evolving as the world moves forward, Drexel produces visionary leaders equipped to anticipate and address the challenges of the future. This is experiential education. Learn more at drexel.edu slash ambition can't wait. The world will change. Drexel University is designed to change with it. By combining academic rigor with a transformative cooperative education program, Drexel is preparing visionary leaders equipped to address the challenges of the future. Learn more at drexel.edu slash ambition can't wait.